<laughs> this is episode 16, Tristan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our 15th guest. So Joey, um, King Handles. Hello. Uh, <laughs> alum, streetball legendaire. Um, it's really exciting for me as as we got we used to battle, but I've been kind of following. Oh man, we used to battle highlights. more than that, man. More than yeah. that, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love but, uh, it. No, but I've been following the Instagram a lot, and um, so I guess the first the the way I'm gonna open it up is is obviously I know you because I I used to play against you quite a bit, but um, yeah, like. Just talk about how you got into basketball, involved in basketball, and um, yeah. and kind of explain your journey to St. Mary's and and since then. Yeah. Uh. So basically, um, my brother, man, my brother is the one that started. Uh, he was the one that played basketball. I was a young guy, never used to like ball at all. Uh, I was more of a hockey guy. Really. During that time when I was younger, yeah, floor hockey though, floor hockey, okay. and. Um, so he said, oh, come on, let's go play some ball. I'm like, no, nah, I don't like basketball. It sucks, whatever, right? So we moved out. We ended up moving out to an area that was kind of far away from a community center. So the only close, like, kind of rec center-ish, or my rec center was like an outdoor basketball court with a playground, right? So during that time, um, you know, I used to like a lot of video games. I used to play video games all the time. So I didn't really play, like, floor hockey as much. And then he's like, listen, like, I know you like video games, but let's go play some ball. And if you beat me, um, I'll get you, uh, I'll rent you a a video game, right? So during that time, I had, like, uh, Blockbuster right off the street, right? Or Rogers, Rogers Video, right? Um, So, I, man, my brother used to kill me, like, destroy me. And I remember one day, man, like, I actually beat him, right? It was a tied game. I came down. And I did this hook, running hook shot. And it, I don't know how it banked in, man. Then I won. Then after that, I, he rent me a video game. And then I just fell in love with basketball from there. So you, you just you just kept playing from that day on? I just kept playing. We were just working on my game. And, yeah, that's really about it. And just I went down and watched Michael Jordan play, Allen Iverson. Like, you know, um, kind of, you know, by watching them play, man, like, man, I want to play in the NBA, right? By watching all those guys, Kobe Bryant. And then I saw during that time, when I was like grade seven and grade eight, I saw the first animal mixtape, um, mm-hmm. mixtape was skipped to my Lou. And that just blew my mind. I was like, man, I want to do exactly like what those guys are doing, especially skip to my Lou. So I think, you know, during that, those times watching like those players play, like, and it reminded me of like superheroes. They're, they're like my superheroes. Right. So yeah. I kind of want to be like them. So they kind of influenced me to kind of uh, work on my game even more. Right. For sure, I, I mean, I remember when I first started playing basketball. One of my, one of my kind of gym rat buddies, um, Bannon, who uh, he loved streetball. Like he had the game, like the streetball game, uh, uh-huh. and he had like he knew he knew all the moves. Like we'd be at the gym, and this is when I was just getting involved. So I was working on like the fundamentals. This yeah, guy's yeah. Rolling, this guy's rolling around on the ground, like throwing the ball around underneath it. Just doing like the craziest moves, and I'm here looking like, yo, what is, what is he doing, man? Yeah, what is he? Doing? Yo. And it got to the it point like, where it's borderline a different sport, huh? It like, is, it is, it is for sure. Yeah. And, and so, so seeing that, like for you, Will, just to be like, yo, I was working on my fundamentals, and then you see all these videos, it's just like it's completely different style. Yeah, it's, it's weird because um, when we were in high school, our team was. I, we talked on previous podcasts. We were really good, um, and and we were beat. We'd be up on teams by like 40, 30, 60, and 
that's when you'd see guys feeling comfortable to try these moves in the middle of of actual games in high school and like people did not like it it, yeah, was, it, it yeah. wasn't seen as like uh, a nice thing to do um they they call tra- the refs would call travels they'd say yeah they'd make up foul calls and say <laughs> it, was, it was crazy and and guys on our team are laughing and i'm kind of i'm kind of the same way i'm talking to you I, in my head i'm like i don't really know what's going on so yeah like kind of what tristan's getting at can you explain the difference like in terms of kind of the culture between street ball and actual like you know pro or university basketball yeah it's just a little more it's uh like the pro ball definitely in the and like the university ball is more of a structured game right um you got to listen to the coach right um and you got to you know run sets and if in those sets if the play kind of breaks down a little bit or if the coach said listen this play we run in isolation that's where you can kind of go off a little bit, but not to the extent that you're taking like 15 dribbles, right? Um, so it's more of a set a set offense and trying to, yeah, definitely trying to win a game instead of looking good, right? And mm. then winning the game, right? Street ball is a whole, like you said, is a whole different sport. It's a different sport. It's more like, you know, coming down and like trying to embarrass the guy in front of you, mm. but doing it in a way that it looks good and you get the crowd involved, right? So it's more of a crowd crowd-based, right? Also, at the same time, they better do a cool, sick move, right? And then get a bucket. That's even go making crowd go from going, ah, oh, to, oh, you know what I mean? So, like, that's what the street ball is all about, I think. You know, those are the things that are a little bit different. You kind of like your own, your own coach when you're sure. in the street ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, playing street ball. Because you, you've played both and you've had a big impact on in both worlds, firstly, did you ever struggle... Uh, with, like say for university did you ever struggle with the fact of trying to balance the two like 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 did you did you ever struggle with trying to do too much in university or like like taking like blending the two i guess uh at, at some at, uh sometimes i did once in a while i might struggle struggle a little bit but i have to say quack coach quack actually gave me the freedom to actually right. play my game right and uh in his offense, so that it worked in his offense of play. Do you see what I'm saying? And he gave me the green light. But I can tell you what, when I first played against um, uh, Will and T-Bear, I wanted to cross the living crap out of them. I remember one coming <laughs> down one play, he was D me up real, I remember, like still today, I remember coming up, it was like one of the first plays, and man, Will Silver played this always full court D, man. He didn't yeah. care, no fear, no fear. And I'm trying to, I maybe got him once or twice, but I kept, I just wanted to break him. And then he, and he, he just knew what I was going to do every single time. But I remember that first game, I made me do break these guys so bad. Because, you know what? I can't be doing these guys anymore because they're going to know how I'm going to, how I'm playing. Right. So I had to kind of change it up a bit. Okay. okay. We, we, we kind of missed that a bit. Um, just, Sorry, they, they kind of cut a bit, but you were essentially saying like you were just dying to kind of break us down, kind of yeah, like man, kind of alpha us like let us let us know like yo, I'm here like I don't care what you guys do, yeah, man, okay. I'm in the AUS, what's good? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, it, right? It's crazy, yeah, man. I I remember sometimes you I, I can I can just remember guarding you sometimes full court, and I I just remember like. 
you you would sometimes like Augie be screaming at you like Joey, just stop, just one move and go, like stop. Yeah, and, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're like, man, shut up, Augie. Like I'm about to break this guy down. He, I, I don't want him guarding me full court all game. Right. Like let me let give me a little bit of freedom at least. See, but, see, uh, exactly. It's interesting for me because I was the little kid, because um, I'm younger than you guys, so I was that kid in the stands. And, of course, I grew up an X fan with my dad playing for X and and, and, yeah. Wayne and all those guys. So, in my eyes, you were sort of this, like, villain uh, to me. Like, like as you say, <laughs> your, your, your streetball heroes were like your superheroes. Yeah. Saying, in fact, T-Bear and Will were, were my superheroes. You were that villain, right? Because you, yeah. you were, like, that standout player on another team inside the eight West that yeah. was just killing guys. And, and so I that led was the, led the country in scoring. Exactly. Right. And so, so that's, that's the image that I've always had in my head of you until yeah. recently. And until, until I, I took the time to uh, look into your career and this and that. And to be honest with you, a big, a big turning point was uh, the vice, the vice Canada documentary. That came yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me, your journey, your battles, your struggles with basketball, trying to become pro. um, You know, I started to see another side that wasn't just this comic book kind of fantasy that I've had. That comes with growing up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 just to have you on this and be able to pick your brain even further is is I'm very thankful for. Oh man, no, this is great, man. When when you were at SMU, who were who were um, who were your favorite teammates? Like, you don't oh, have to man. tell somebody else, but who are some guys that you really, like, they helped you out, like, with Mark McLaughlin, man. Mark McLaughlin. Definitely was Miguel and Miguel, uh, Miguel and uh, Miguel Pink and Jerome and Harry, right? They're there. But, and Ike, um, but I think Mark really, by watching him play, um, his work ethic, and he's been there for a long time, and he's more of, like, kind of the leader. Like, I was walking, because that was basically his, him and Ike's team, right? So they kind of, him and Ike really helped me out a lot, you know? Definitely those sure. two for sure. Transitioned you in to kind of be like, yo, listen, like, yeah, you're, you're gonna have a big role. Feel free to kind of have your freedom and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. They didn't really tell me verbally, but I can yeah. tell by the, their actions. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. Yeah. In terms of in terms of streetball, like, um, you know, there's there's the, like you said, there's that there's that whole mentality about the atmosphere of of playing. Um, in front of the crowd, for the crowd, kind of like the one-on-one matchup with uh, with your player, and it's it, everything's kind of highlighted. Just can you t- touch on the behind the scenes? Like, what's it like being on tour or or kind of traveling to the to places to play streetball, and then like how how does it work afterwards? Like, do, does do people carry grudges? Is there beefs? Like, do you guys all get along when you're playing together? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it, all, is, it, is it is it what it's made up to be like it's the best life in the world are there struggles that come with like traveling with a bunch of other really kind of like oh for sure there's definitely struggles yeah like when i was doing like the and one stuff like right after uh not no you know but before SMU, um yeah it was struggles because i'm doing a contest trying to get on the got on the basketball on the play with the and one guys you know you're going through city to city you're competing some states you're not competing for the uh you're not p- competing for the position you're just playing and then one day they'll say hey listen we're at this state you gotta try to knock that guy out like and he's on your same team 
Mm. The guys on your same team, so you gotta gotta put on a show, right? Also, you gotta get buckets, right? And you gotta get the, the other teams involved, so it's even harder now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely, it was tough, man. It was tough, you know, and uh, especially you know, kind of maybe being Canadian, right? You know, going down to the states a little bit different during right. that time. How was, did you get? Did you feel disrespected at times by Americans that would be like, "This guy's"? I I mean, I've read some stuff about you getting some love um, recently, but like when you started out. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, they might not say it to your face, but you could tell by the, their actions. You know what I mean? Like, oh, where you come? You're street baller from Canada. Like, uh, you know what I mean? But when I, you know, when I actually, you know, went on the went on the court with them, it was a whole different ball game. It was not about whoever. I'm not from, from Canada, or whatever. I, I came in to play basketball, so I think I really got the respect. And it wasn't easy for me, man. Even like before the N one stuff, trying out to even play in the arena game, dude. I got booted out two times, man. Two times in a really? row. Yeah, really? I never even made the team, man. Right. I was actually I had a gig in and um, this was, I think, 20, 22 years old, maybe 23. I had a pro a pro opportunity to play in the BJ League, which was a new league during that time in Japan. Yeah. And uh, so I went to Japan before that. And the, the owner saw me play and really liked how I played. Right. And he's like, listen, I'm having a new team um in japan and one of the one of the cities and will you want to play the team are really interested so we kept in contact and then all of a sudden uh the kid that hired a coach but the coach didn't know who i was and didn't want me right so i flew over to japan to play for the team so when i got there it was a whole different ball game i had to send in my game tape they're asking me for game tape i'm like man like i'm i'm already here you know what i mean yeah. like i'm already here why do you need game tape but i i could tell something was going on so um so the next morning, the coach spoke to me and he said, listen, for you to be on the team, you got to show me that you could play, right? So me thinking I'm coming to Japan, I'm already on the team. Now I'm thinking that, that I'm not even, dude, like I might even make the team. He's like, you got to knock out one of these players. So I remember he had like a, a roster list of guys, like a brochure of all the players. Mm. And he's like, you got to knock one of these guys to be on the team. And I'll give you like three weeks, right? Mm. And I remember the first, the first week, um, it was having a little hard time, whatever. Then I remember something happened. He said that I couldn't, I wasn't playing good defense, one of the practices. And then he's like, okay, let me D you up, right? And then remember the crowd was on the, on the left-hand side was watching me. You know, some of the players were watching and I ended up crossing him up. I did a spin move and I was going to the basket. He was gone and he tripped me. Like he literally tripped me, the coach. And he's like, listen, he's like, if I was your age, Right. And he said it in Japanese because the guys translated to me after. Like, know, if I was, yeah. yeah. He's like, if, if I was your age, uh, you wouldn't be doing that to me. The reason why you're doing that to me, because I'm an older guy. It's like, you, you're going to have a hard time for the next few practices. So I knew, dude, if I come in here, I have to freaking kill. And I, I end up doing well, man. I end up doing yeah. really, really well. Then, um, and I was killing in practice, killing and then it just, you know, then I just felt frustrated, man. And I was like, you know what? Let me get out of here. So during that time, they had the Ad One mixtape was going to Japan to do their, they had an open run in Japan that time I was there. Right? Oh. So I was like, you know what? I'm like, this might be my shot here now to go to the open run in Japan, right? Kill it. And then get on, get actually in the game to play in Japan. So I ended up getting going on the open run, actually killed the open run. And then I flew back home 
because the and one game wasn't until like maybe a month after after the open run. Yeah. Flew back, flew, went back home to Vancouver, then flew back again, right? And I actually played an N one game in Japan, packed house, and I ended up doing well. So now they're they're now I'm on the radar now. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's how they actually like you know okay fine this guy is actually pretty good right? And that's how I end up going getting the go back on the open run again trying out and then selecting me in the United States. So that's, that's cra- it's crazy crazy yeah, coincidence. Man. Nuts man, it was like meant to be man. And and uh, so from, go ahead Tristan, were you gonna say something? Well, I just find it interesting because as as the the more athletes that we have these conversations with, and with you being uh, being one that's competed at one of the highest levels, tell us tell us like the mentality that goes like speak on the mentality that goes on with being competitive, like mm-hmm. just just that story that you talked of, of the, this coach seemed to already have a chip on his shoulder against yeah. you, like the odds were already stacked. How do you? How do you deal with the mental, the mental barriers and obstacles, let alone the the physical? Yeah, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, you know what? Like, you have to definitely believe in yourself, right? And you got to be true with yourself. So I look at myself and listen. I made it this far already, right? If I if I wasn't, how can I say it? I'm I'm talent. I know I'm talented. So I have right. to be here for a reason, like trying out for the team or being there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time with the coach, but I made it this far. That means yeah. mm-hmm. I have I have talent. I'm just in a in a how could I say that? I, I just hit a brick wall. But yeah. that doesn't mean I have to stop. So that's what's going into my head the whole time. Mm-hmm. I gotta keep believing and keep fighting no matter what, because I still have faith and I still believe in my ability. No matter what you're gonna say, you're going sure. you're not gonna stop me. See, because that gives me, that gives me goosebumps because that extends much further than just sports, right? Like, yeah. like I like the, the the biggest example that I can give, like the most nearest example is just watching Will try to create this brand of top of the food chain and trying to get yeah. put on, and with social media and this and that, mm. uh, it's just like believing, like he's doing some stuff that not a lot of people can can do, right? In terms of stability, yeah. strength, endurance as an overall. Yeah. Athlete. Though though he may not be getting into the spotlight like a lot of other people, so this mentality that you say you learn from Ball isn't just isn't just for sports. And I only use Will as an example because we're so direct in communication. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That extends is extends school, uh, in 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 careers, professions, like what yeah, like yeah. whatever. Like you just gotta like if if you believe you have the talent, like you just gotta keep going. Exactly. But, but yeah, that's true. But you got to be like, you got to, you got to test yourself, evaluate yourself. Like, am I really good? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you have some, a slight doubt, man, yeah. that's it for you. Like you got to fully a hundred percent believe that. Listen, I got talent. Right. Mm-hmm. And no one, and, okay. I got talent. I know I'm talented, but no one, ha- no one's going to stop me no matter like what the, the situation is. I feel like that's especially needed the higher levels you go. Like exactly. Can you, can you did you find that those experiences in your kind of younger and one tour helped you in terms of your pro career? Because I mean, a lot of a lot of guys that I played with that went pro and played for the Rainmen and and did all that. Um, you know, they struggled with getting kind of time. They struggled with kind of maybe in their minds getting the respect that they wanted. And you know that that can weigh on your mind, like you say, like. So do you think that having kind of those battles already 
take it like you already kind of over overcame some of those battles overseas that when you got to the pro level like if maybe the coach like said something to you or didn't play you when you want to play you're like you know what like i've already been through this like exactly yeah is it definitely at a at a at a early years going you know you know battling guys from the states you know battling guys locally at toronto guys talking trash to you you know, being on a Nautic team, because we had this little rival being this Nautic team from Vancouver that a dime team called uh, from Toronto. So all that stuff, man, like all the, the trash talk and whatever, you know, people saying a bunch of stuff to you. I already been through that. So that whatever yeah. you're saying, it's nothing to me, man. I already heard it all already. You know what I mean? <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, who... Um... Out of, out of the street ball players that you've kind of matched up with, who's kind of been the toughest matchup or kind of the tougher matchups that you would be like, that, that, like they stand out? Uh, players, uh, definitely Exile, Roberto Exile. Uh, he played, he played in the N1 tour and I, I, and also I was on a street ball team too as well in Oakland. He's a tough player and, um, who, and a guy named Springs was good too. Springs, he played for the N1 team. He's tough, man. He's really tough, really All quick. Like, yeah, can, can shoot, can handle the ball, and can jump out the building, man. Yeah, really tough. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of like traveling, um, one of the big things like I know I knew that I think you you had a family when you played at SMU. Yeah, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little boy. Yeah, second year at SMU. Yeah, second year. So, can you speak yeah. on like? Because I know you've been traveling on and off um, overseas, like you talk about Japan or China or whatever. Yeah. Like, how is that difficult to kind of manage? And does like, does that affect like the the family? Like, does that? Oh, it does, man. Yeah, big time. Like, uh, yeah, like my. That's why I see. That's why I never played my my last year at SMU Mm. because I had my had my kid in the second year. No, my second year. I think first year. Yeah, second year. And I never went back because, you know, like, I needed money, man. You know what I mean? Like, I need money. So it definitely affected a lot of things, man. Like, you know, having a family home, traveling, you know, not seeing them. Um, wife is working, you know, taking care of the kids, right? Had the grandparents taking the kids uh, in a lot of time. But it's sometimes maybe they're busy, got stuff to do. So, you know, it put a lot of weight on my, my, my wife and my kids especially, right? So I know me being with my wife for a long time since 2008 yeah. and that's when I started going to St. Mary's University was 2008 I got that scholarship to go there you know and we were just boyfriend and girlfriend that time so imagine from 2008 to about 2016 you know I mean I'm just you know from St. Mary's for three years not see just seen her for three months and they get a contract for, to play at uh for the rain man Right, being there for six, seven months, going to go mm-hmm. to Denmark six, seven months. So that's a lot of weight on her, right? Kids mm-hmm. are sick, she's sick, I'm not there. I'm on the sure. phone, got a call at night, like, you know, and I got practice the next morning or game. So it's tough, man. It's 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 it was tough. But you know, she was strong and uh she, you know, supported me all the way, man. Definitely some bumps for sure, right? Yeah. But uh it was tough, man. And and and, and just speaking on that, it's the name of the game is like sacrifice. Like, can you, can you talk about what, how important sacrificing is in order to reach higher and higher goals? Yeah. A lot of sacrifice. Really, you had time. very high ambitions, right? You didn't just want to place, you know, uh, St. Mary's and no, yeah. 
I'm I'm MVP and and I'm good. Like hang up my shoes. Like clearly, even just having that jersey in the back in the background, like clearly you had some. You wanted to take basketball as far as you could. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of sacrifice. Like my family, like you know, leaving my family because you have to have somebody that really <clears throat> that believes in your believes in you and, and believes in what you could do in basketball, right? If you if you're in a relationship that you want to pursue something, like you could do anything, basketball, want to become a doctor, lawyer, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you have a, a, a kid with them, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough if they don't believe in They probably believe in you, but they want you to stay because of financial issues or right. them, you know, want to see you all the time, right? Of course. Yeah. So it's tough, man. Like, so I'm blessed to have a woman like that. You know what I mean? 100%. Or if it was... If it was a different way that I had a kid with a different another woman that say, listen, I'm going to if you're going to go keep going, I'm going to just take the kids and we're going to get divorced. Dude, you know, I probably want to be where I'm at right now in terms right. of basketball. So I'd probably be so depressed. Like I, I like for me, man, like I can't see myself doing anything else. Like mm-hmm. I can't. You know what I mean? Some people, oh, you yeah. have talent and stuff. But for me, man, I'm like, I feel like I'm a basketball guy. That's this is who I am, right? right. So, and I, I, and when I stopped playing, I stopped playing in 2017. One, I took a year off for playing, playing mm-hmm. professional. That whole mm-hmm. incident with the Rain Man, and the Windsor, yes. that big fight stuff, that was oh, yeah. stressful, right? But I took a yep. year off. That year, man, I took off. I was in depressed mode, man. Mm-hmm. I was in depression, man. I feel you. I know. I. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that that was me. That that was me. The the two the year two years after I finished playing, it was it was it's hard. Yeah, man. It, it's very difficult to to kind of turn off that that whole love for something and just when you've done it your other whole things. life. Exactly. Well, especially when you you it's it's like your everyday, right? Like I'm sure I'm sure you weren't just like showing up to games and just knew how to handle. Like you know what I mean? I'm sure you, the hours, the work that goes into it, right? Yeah, like and, you, yeah. And to me, that's kind of ties into like I always I talk to I talk about Brendan who owns Salties and my stepdad who has an architecture firm. They both work like nonstop, right? Wow. And I'm man. I'm looking at them and I'm like, yo, why, why do these guys still? It's they're they're sixty, they're seventy, they're they're still working <laughs> nine, twelve hour days. They're already like they made it, they got enough money, but it's it's right. the passion, the love. Yeah. For um, that's what um, it's about, yo- right? When did you know you were a basketball guy? Like, when did you do you have a moment where you were like, "Damn, I can't picture myself doing anything else." Uh, I I can't tell you what how old I was, but I can tell you maybe around maybe like age eleven and twelve, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as I hit grade eight, I knew, man, like this is what I'm gonna do. Like, like this is like skill? you were like, man, man, I'm good at this, or was it just yeah, like skill, passion? yeah, but skill, but also that passion, right? Like, cause I remember, man, I used to, man, practice for hours. Like, I remember I wouldn't even do my, ho- I wouldn't even do my homework at all, man. I wouldn't do it, man. Like, you <laughs> know, I'm teaching you give me homework. How many hours would you put in a day? Like, dude, maybe like four or five hours a day, man, during yeah. school, and then summertime, I'm probably practicing. Practicing and playing, maybe six, seven hours, maybe eight hours, man. Yeah, it's a lot of people don't understand kind of the uh, the work that goes into it. I mean, I see players all the time in the gym, and guys are guys going guys will go in there for an hour with no no plan, like no structure to doing anything, and kind of yeah tune around and 
think like, yo, I'm putting in work. And I'm like, man, you're putting no work at all. You're wasting your time, man. And it's funny when you're saying that, because at a young age, I already knew what I had to do. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking some guys would come walking, my friends would come walking to the gym, or just to, like some stranger. I just watched them and say, these guys actually think they're actually putting work, just shooting around, just walking to the ball, you know, and they're there for three, four hours, five hours doing the same thing. Like, dude, man, these guys are not putting to work. That's not how you're going to get better, man. You know what yeah, I mean? Joke. Joke we, we, uh, yeah. we were talking to uh, Nate Darling on, on the podcast, and he, he, he gave us a little inside look on what of his one of his uh, workouts would look like. And he said he would he would literally bring food to the gym because he'd be there shooting on the gun for an hour and a half, stop, have lunch, go back and see like he'd spend four hours at the gym and guys wow. would think it's crazy for bringing a lunchbox, but it's That's just, crazy, man. It's just putting in work. That's work, man. That's crazy that he even thought about bringing a lunchbox. I never even thought about bringing a lunchbox <laughs> to the gym, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I was going to ask you, um, in terms of uh, in terms of atmosphere, like playing, where where's one of the fa- most favorite player, places you you played or you enjoy playing? Where you get there and you know it's on, you, you like you're just locked in, like King Handles just comes out. Yeah, uh, definitely when I go to Asia, man, China and Japan, those are two places, man. Like it's just and- the energy there, the whole different ball game, man. When you step out the plane, like, and then I, I when I step out the plane, I know. Like it's it's game time now. Oh yeah, yeah, man, it's it's it's, crazy. It's crazy for me to ask you that because even how you said like when you first started playing against us, you were you were like, yo, I'm busting these guys, right? Like you just have this mentality. But then when I actually finally got to kind of say hello to you, like off the court, like which I don't even think happened right away, like like a little maybe, but I was like, yo, this guy's like the nicest person I may have ever met, like. But on the court, it's like a completely different animal. It's, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy to see the the, the difference and how you can you you listen to people say all the time you can turn it on and turn it off. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I've never like I was so blown away by you know just genuinely how nice of a human being you were. I appreciate Compared that, to, man. On the court, you were just like trying to snatch my ankles every second. Yeah, man. I remember that. <laughs> oh man, we had some serious. Yeah, yo, I remember, dude. I remember, dude. Seriously, clearly, even going to play at Santa Fe, dude, the crowd used to heckle me, man. Mm. You guys used to be on me. But you know what, though? It was cool. And I used to talk back to the crowd. You know yeah. what I mean? But I thought that was cool. I was like, you know what? I'm, I didn't have a game, a good game today. But I remember next time we come in here, I'll make sure, dude, I'm bringing my A game, man. You know what I mean? But that's that's just that right there. That's challenge, right? And that's yeah. what I look for. Even though sometimes I might not even have the best game. But yeah. I always look for the best, right? Always look for yeah. the best. You could always look for the best. So I always enjoyed playing against you guys, man. You and T-Bear. Like, I always look forward, man. Always 100%. look forward every year. Likewise. Likewise. Um, yeah, man. So we have we have some questions from a, a couple people off Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, I'll, I'll just start with one of them because it's on the topic that we're on. Art Fuller um, asked, who, who was the toughest AUS player or players that you played against? Oh, definitely uh, T-Bear and yourself, man. I think you, you, you are, uh, especially you, you're a really good defender, man. So, and, then, and you're so low to the ground. So mm-hmm. I couldn't shake you. Like, I knew after, like, listen, I can't play around with this guy. If I get this guy off his heels just for a split second, I got to make a decision. Because yeah. your recovery time was so good. 
right? So that. you definitely and T Bear man was tough, man. Like on yeah. offense too, man. Yeah. It's like God damn, man. Like both, you know, I mean, guarding guarding him every day from high school definitely helped me. Hundred percent. Man, tough man. Another one is from RBL Basketball. Biggest basketball influences growing up. You kind of, I think you touched a bit on it, but yeah. Um, I don't know NBA players or even local kind of guys that were above you. Yeah, local guys. Uh, man, to be honest with you, I didn't really, I personally, to be honest with you, I didn't really look up to any local guys much. I want to bust all the local guys, but hey, I never really look up to them, man. <laughs> yeah. It's that killer mentality. But I, but I respected them, though. Like Randy Knorr, um, he went to St. Effects, right, Randy Knorr? Yeah, he did. Randy Knorr, yeah, Randy did. Knorr, yeah. I'm Randy Knorr. Um, oh, you are, huh? Dang, man. But, but, That's crazy. But, but when, when Coach told me, he goes, yeah, but Randy only played two years. And I was like, yo, yeah. why are you going <laughs> oh, to do that to me? Like, you're just giving me some good news, yeah. and then you're going to, like, yo, but, yeah. yo he, he's at the top. You, you're not right there. Oh, man. Man. So Randy um, Nord, definitely um, there's a guy named Gene Wolf, First Nations player that could hoop, uh, played at, I think, you know, Prince George in College in BC, one of those co- uh, colleges up north, but uh, could have played a high level, but I guess he just got into some things, right? But he's doing a lot better now, and he's still playing, man. And uh, it's good to see him back playing. Yeah, him. Uh, definitely my brother for sure. There's so many players back in Vancouver, man. So many players. Yeah. Um, another one is a career move you wish you had made or one you wish you hadn't. I think, okay, so there's a time that, I play, like I said, I played for, with the N1, trying to get a, trying to get a contract, right? And, and I was doing real, really good, right? So the, the contract was for the winner would get $100,000 if they win the whole thing, go through the whole thing. And I was like, I had 14 cities on my belt. And I was like the had the most games ever. So any that any new competitor that comes in, they couldn't top me, no matter what, because I was already ahead. So I end up actually getting an opportunity to try out for Team Canada that year. Check this is a crazy story, man. This was a 2007 summer, 2007 summer, I think. Yeah, 2007. Okay. And so I'm on the phone. I'm on the road heading to, I don't know where I was heading to, somewhere in the States. And so they're, they're booking my flight. So they're going to fly me out to try out. And I had a good opportunity to make the team, like a really high chance, right? You know what I did? I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't go. Didn't yeah. go. And check this out. That year, they played in Canada, played USA that year. So yes. that, that's the thing. Yo, Leah Routens sent me the nastiest email ever because they're waiting for me at the airport. Because I'm thinking, uh-huh. I'm, tw- I'm 23 years old. This is how I'm yeah. thinking. 23 years old, get a $100,000, con- like $100,000 cash in my pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. Or play for Team Canada. That's what I'm going through my head. I'm like, uh, sure. pro ball. I went to, I went to ch- Japan trying to play pro ball. It didn't work out so well. I'm like, you know what? I'm ready on the street ball path. I'm not going to go. That's what I'm thinking on that, at that age. So I'm like, man. So I, I think back now, like, man, I probably should have gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, hindsight's always it's tough. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's interesting you say that, though, because I feel like a lot of young players nowadays, especially in the States, are kind of 
they, they kind of face similar decisions, maybe not with the national team, but in terms of yeah. trying to go pro or whether yeah. they stay for university for mm-hmm. more years. It's a, it's a tough, you know, it's, it, that's just a, a heavy weight, man. That's some heavy weight. Well, on the question. It's, it's very, it's understandable as well <clears throat> um, to just to hear your story with, with uh, the balance of having a family at that age. Right. Yeah. And so, and so in your mind, you were, you were faced with the financial pressures that come along with that versus someone yeah. else young, say I'm 23 now. Yeah. I don't have any. He didn't have a kid. I don't think he had I a didn't kid. kid. I didn't have a kid that time. I'm thinking about the street ball mentality, right? And oh, I'm okay. getting a hundred thousand. I'm just thinking about the money. Like, dude, uh, I already did the pro uh, work out too well. The Japan stuff, da, da, da. I'm thinking, look, I'm on the path right now. I got 14 cities on my belt. No one could, yeah. no one's whoever comes in, it's not going to be easy for them. I'm, I'm like, I'm automatically going to look like I'm going to win, right? Sure. But so I'm not going to go. I'm going to go there, got to listen to the coach. You know, I'm having fun. I'm going to city to city, traveling the bus with the top street balls in the world. You know what I mean? So, like, that's what I'm thinking at that age. For you know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then the like- guys are, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 keep going, keep going. Yeah, the guys are telling me, man, yo, you should have went, man. You should have went. And I'm like, ah, whatever. Dude, like I like think it back, but but at the same time though, I don't think I was ready mentally for that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? saying? Yeah, the the structure of SMU and then times that you know Quack giving you a lot of freedom and then going through teams like yo, no, that don't fly here. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it that's it definitely it's one of and we talk about that all the time in terms of top of the food chain. It it's a the, being able to adapt is a skill and, and, and it takes, it takes time learning how to kind of uh, be able to uh, adapt to different situations. And like you said, like you're, you're even admit you're being self-aware that's saying like, yo, like we talk about self-awareness too, saying like, mm-hmm. who knows? Like, I don't know if I would have been able to kind of just fit in like that right away in a kind of structured mm-hmm. environment. Exactly. Uh, like right away, I don't think I would have done. I, I don't think personally I, w- I wasn't ready for that. Cause when I went to SMU, Quack showed me so many things that helped my game, enhanced my game. Like not to travel off the off the uh, before the bounce, you know, off the triple threat. Cause I was like mm-hmm. picking up my feet every single time, or just like moving my pivot foot. And he's like, man, that's a travel. You can't do that. So imagine if if I just went there. And I was doing all that, dude. You know how bad I'll probably look, man. Like, yeah. you're gonna bring this. This guy's gonna come down and can't even, you know. Especially having that street ball, you know, sure, that street sure. ball across my head. Street mm-hmm. ball guy. Oh, look. Well, you bought a street ball guy, and look, he's traveling. What's new? See mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Are they really yeah. gonna coach me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. see what I'm saying? So they're there's so many different stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah, I remember, man. You guys used to run like, you guys ran fast, but also like. A lot of it was just kind of like knowing the game a bit, like moving, screening, like little on things. Lots, like man. Like that's one thing about Smew and Quack that I always respected is that um, he taught the game. And, yes. and sometimes like, you know, you'd have a structure, but it would just be a consistently moving Movement. Thing. Oh, so man, nonstop, man. So it wasn't something like you knew exactly like what was coming every single time because guys would read the, the defense and then react to that. So I, I, I just listen to you talk about that. It just brings back memories to kind of the struggles in terms of a team defense trying to, you know, lock in on one guy and then somebody else is hitting you and you guys are making the right read. Yeah, man. 
Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. And into a lot of players, to be honest with you, a lot of players struggled that offense, man. Like yeah, a lot man. of guys with talent struggled. They couldn't do no to go, man. <laughs> like guys on our team is like, dude, like guys are coming in, like new guys that got talent, like got bounce, handle, can even still can't even run it half the year, man. It's right. true. I, you guys had a really talented team, but you had guys that would, um, you know, they would, uh, they they get in the game and they would start doing crazy stuff. Yeah, I'd man. Be like, I'd be like, uh, yes. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. like, <laughs> I mean like, he's taking that shot. I don't even got to D up Joey this possession. Like he's supposed to give that back and move. Yeah. The crazy shot in the corner. Yeah. There's a two minutes left. This game's over. Like I guess I'm just thinking. Like I, I just remember those days, man. That's crazy that you say that because it's true. Yeah. You guys are really talented. I mean, that, that that ties into a lot in terms of to the the structured like the university and pro games that you gotta you gotta know the game a bit. You gotta spend some time kind of learning that as long yeah, as yeah, man, the craft, right? And I remember like Kowakin is in his and his uh his his video sessions, man. Dude, you be for three four hours, man. Wow, dude, like literally, way. dude, no, no, dude. Sometimes a whole day, man. We're in there, man. Uh, Guys are sleeping. Particular. Yeah, man, particular, man. Yo, you guys, and, and he'll be, listen, he'll be hard on me, too. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. He'll be hard on he, me, too, man. Accountability with everybody? Yeah, everyone, everyone. he probably give me a little bit of slack because yeah. he knows I go in the gym and work on my game, right? Of course, of course. And how hard I work, right? Maybe a yeah. little tiny bit, but yeah. not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot to the rest of the guys. He, he gave everybody, dude, we need, oh, dude, for our guys are hungry, man. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was he after practice, after practice, even on a weekend, yeah. man, dude. Oh my gosh, man. I heard he said some crazy four. stuff to players. Oh, dude, you already know Quack, man. You know Quack. <laughs> um, Tristan, what do you uh, do? You have anything uh, else? Yeah, we like add? we don't want to take up uh, too too much of your time. But, oh no, uh, man. Yeah, I got another like twenty minutes. It's all good, man. Okay. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold on, Tristan. Um, talk, talk about. I just want to touch on what you said earlier about the Rainman because just talk about that situation, like how how that played out a little bit. And like, you don't have to go like too too detailed if you don't want. Okay. But, like, yeah. Yeah. Because that's a that's a huge like to turn. I mean, I remember it's not the same, but I remember when I was younger and and I got turned off by sport and it kind of led me down like just a, a rough a rough summer for me. Um, yeah. And you talk about how hard that year was for you after you, you just took a year off ball. Like, so like mm. what, like what kind of like turn made you like do that based on, I, I remember some of the, the, the headlines were almost as if like the London players were, or people were saying crazy stuff or, or threatening you guys or something like that. And yeah. It was Windsor. Yeah. It was a Windsor, Windsor team. Yeah. So like what, so- like it was the finals, right? Oh yeah, it was the finals. Uh, it, was, it was. I remember Game Seven. This was in Windsor, so the beef was way before that, man. It was like it started early. It started early. It started actually. See, I personally think the refs did not control that series properly. Mm-hmm. Elbows were flying. Like I remember one game, I went for a fast break, man. I went up to take a layup. I got pulled literally in the air. My my whole like, dude, I did like a a circle in the air, man. Came down like it was like. A rough game so it had no control so um so yeah we ended up going to windsor that time game seven last game um we went in for it went to shoot around so we went into shoot around we're there they didn't even 
they had, we, they had no basketballs for us, and they didn't even turn off the lights. Turn yeah. on the lights. The lights were off. Yeah, that's cool. So Andre, Andre was there. He listened, put on the lights, didn't want to do it. Then after they get, got some basketballs, then he said something. Andre said something that kind of turned them off, the players off, or the management off, right? And then the players came on the court. Okay, yeah, so now, okay, now it's getting a little clearer now. So we're actually, no, my, so we're practicing without basketballs. That's what happened. We're practicing Stop. and shoot around with no basketball. This pretending, is a true story. Pretending you have balls in your hand. Dude, and we're laughing, and coach is kind of laughing too a little bit. So we're pretending, you know what I mean, that, that, that we're fake passing and stuff. And oh, it was, it was hilarious. So practice is finished, and the lights are off still. Oh my God! They put. I think the light was on. It was on, but they put on those security lights. The security yeah, like, lights were on, right? Like, like not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, yo, anything, anything. Anything. The advantage. Exactly. So, um, so practice was over. So the other guys. So the guys. One of the guys brought the ball rack. So their practice is right after us, right? They brought the ball rack. So they start shooting around the other side, right? So one, oh, this is crazy. So they shot on one side, we're done, and some of our players on one was on shooting on one side, or not even shooting, just stretching, or whatever, talking. Yeah. So one of the balls came. This is crazy. So one guy shot the ball, and it came to our side, rolling, literally rolling. And I was there, like right beside that ball. The ball was coming, and yeah. Liam McMorrow grabs the ball, right? So yeah. you want this ball? The guy's like, "Can I have the ball?" He's like. No, you come get it. And they dunked it, right? And that's when it started. The fight started right there, man. That's oh. when everybody throwing fists, man. It oh, was crazy. I didn't know it was dude, like that. Dude, you're not going to hear it because, then it, you, they, you know, they're not, not going to tell you in public. That's yeah, yeah. what happened, man. And I remember some of the players had a, had a, uh, had a chair and start swinging it. Um, I had to break up some fights. Uh, I, was, I, I, tell, I wasn't fighting anything. I was, like, kind of confused. And I kind of protected myself at the same time because I didn't know because everyone was coming from you either side. Hundred percent. Right and uh, yeah, man, it was crazy, man. And end up we end up getting getting out somehow, and they start throwing the balls at us and chairs and stuff. And then when we we're walking out, the other half of the players were just walking in, but they didn't know what was going, what happened, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden we head back to the hotel, and then um, when we head back to the hotel, we say we're not playing because if we played it, we're playing in a game, it's going to be worse. Somebody's going to get yeah. hurt, and we don't want that. So, <laughs> so we come back. So we go downstairs to the lobby, and Andre's trying to like figure out if we're going to play or not, right? He's yeah. like telling us, you know, you guys should play. The coach said I'm not playing. We're not playing at all. Andre said, come on, play. Come on, you got to play. Da da da. If we're going to have security, so we won't having it, right? So we're downstairs in the lobby waiting for the bus, and we always see this guy with the headphones like this here walking in and scoping us out. Yeah. And before that, somebody said that we're not going to leave Windsor alive. Mm. So we see this guy with this thing going like this here, yeah. going in to yeah. the ATM, didn't get any money because somebody scoped him out on a team and, and walked out and kept on looking at us. He was like, listen, we're out. We're not even going to play anymore. So that's mm. what happened, that whole thing, man. So it was stressful. It was stressful, that's man. Crazy. Of course. Yeah, it was stressful, man. So it was like it was hard to and get. That, it. I, some of the players couldn't get our, their money. You know, we got our money laid, and dude, it was like so stressful. You know, I'm taking a year off, and then you know, like my, you know, my wife is a little, you know, fed up with the whole situation of me traveling too, which is understandable. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I so I was like, you know what, let me take some time off, man. And but you know, I still played ball during that time, anyways. You know, I still played yeah. ball, right? But sure. I still had to have that routine still. You know, we go train in the morning. You know, same exactly. routine, right? So and then I went back and played again after that. Um, I know you said uh, the refs didn't control it. It's interesting you say that because that's one thing that, like, after I kind of the longer I got playing and the more experience I got playing, yeah, the more I got with refs. That's one thing that I'd always like make a point where it's like, if okay, like if you're gonna be allowing like if something crazy happens like right away, I'm doing something crazy immediately to let yeah. the ref know like this is what's gonna happen all game if you yeah. don't, don't mm-hmm. like kind of. Ring, ring this in can you yeah is is there there's no refs in street ball is there not really man <laughs> there is refs there is refs but it's like do they just run up and down the court like yeah they, is... they they make calls they make calls and stuff they make calls some of them cheat you know what i mean some of them make some really? whack calls yeah some of them cheat sometimes man yeah you know how it is it, 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 all levels games? all levels man okay i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i'll tell you what hey were you th- yeah that year when we played you guys in the semifinals oh, and they man. said I yeah you remember <laughs> you remember you remember dude so people that are listening don't know I, I missed two free throws they went in and out they both popped in and out we're up one for some reason our whole team's like in the key and they get the ball and they make two passes and Miguel Pink gets a layup oh, with like layup. four seconds left. And and I don't even think we had timeouts. T Bear gets the ball and he he runs up he runs up the left sideline, spins back and takes kind of like almost a half court like semi three, three quarters of a court shot. Yeah. Or, or, you know, kind of just over half. And and as he's shooting it, I don't even know what happened, but you were like kind of near his feet or on the ground and. This was he in fell, Cape Breton. Buzzer, yes. Fell, I was there. Joey I was fell, there. They call free throws, and you were you were. I remember this because this kind of ties into how like me saying like you're such a nice guy, and maybe this is why that I was so surprised because I remember Bear missed the first free throw, um, and then he made the last two, so we yeah. won. And I remember hearing like after the game in the locker room, some of the some of our boys that played soccer or football were like, "Yo, like Joey was arguing with like a couple soccer guys or a football guy, like." They're arguing like they're heated. He was like, get mad at them, or they were getting like, 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 you know. I remember the soccer guys. I remember them. I remember them clearly. I remember it was heated. (laughs) So in my mind, I'm like, yo, Joey's no joke. Like, he, he, like, yo, he's, he's ready. Like, he's, you know, I know he's mad. Like, they lost, but he's also like, so when I met you, I was kind of like taken back. I was expecting kind of like, and then you're just, hey, man, so like, yo, it's so nice to meet you. It's like, what's going on? How are you? Like, yeah, yeah. How are things? Like, I haven't seen you. So, it's but yo that was a crazy that was a crazy play who called it do you remember who made the call i remember i can't remember his name but i remember his face man uh-huh. dude uh-huh. you don't dude oh my gosh see that call i don't know about that call man that was kind of flaky call man like it was a, dude. it was crazy it was a, like okay so what was going on so in your head i want to ask you now what is going on in case okay, for me this is okay for me i'll tell you what was going on in my head and i want to know what what were you thinking during that time? For me, I thought the game was already. Listen, the buzzer already went out when yeah, Miguel hit was, that layup, it like, dude. It was close. It, it was there was there wasn't much time left. No, and, I think the buzzer already went. And dude, because I remember in my head, the buzzer went. He threw it up right in the air, 
I think after the, I, I don't know. So he would have made the bang, crowd. It was a bang bang play. It was really loud, and it was what was going through my mind was was yo, like as soon as the like as soon as he shot the shot and the, the ref called the, the the foul, in my mind I was like. I was just like breathing a sigh of relief. Like I, like I didn't even, yo, I just missed two free throws. Like <laughs> you guys scored a layup within like just three seconds. Ass. In my yeah. head, I'm like, I'm like, thank, like, I'm like thanking like the Lord. Like I'm just I'm <laughs> like, yo, I'm not going to be remembered as the guy that missed two free throws. I'm instead, oh, you're, damn. instead you're remembered as the guy that fouled. Yeah, and I, I get my two missed free throws go go lost in translation. But even even still, when he shot those free throws, he missed the first one. I was starting to be like, "Yo, like shut up!" Like, there's yeah. no way we're five in a row here. Mm. That was a crazy. That was a crazy game. That was a crazy game, man. That was a it was a battle. Game. And I can't even lie. Like honestly, that's one of those things where they people argue like why, why replay is important in sports and stuff. And that that's honestly one of those. That's a play that like. Any athlete wishes that they could review the play yeah. so that, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're saying, like, I, like for me, I got to go with, like, it was the right call because I, yeah. wanted, I wanted to be, right? Oh, for sure. And I don't and, blame you, man. I don't blame yeah. you, right? But as, as it was, playing against you guys and finally getting a chance to beat you in front of, mm-hmm. in the playoffs, it was yeah. like, dude, like, dude, I remember when he took that shot, Miguel ran, was running to the bench, the buzzer yeah. went. He's like, yeah, dude, the whole bench came up and I was about to go and all of a sudden the whistle blew and I just crazy. looked at the ref and he pointed straight at me. Like, you! I was like, dude. It was, and then, dude, the crowd, I remember the crowd was like going, boo, like, they're like, it was, they it were was heated, a, it was man. It was a crazy environment, yeah. Yeah. And then Quack went went into the actual video, video place and walked in and tried to get a review, tried to see it, but it was... The, they already cut the cameras already. Wow. It, it was, man, it was, it was like that. It was that, it was that crazy. I remember just after the game, just being like on the side, I just remember sit, standing on the sideline next to the, co- next to coach and some players and just like have my head down being like, just like, so like, I couldn't believe what happened that like, honestly, one of the craziest transitions in in terms of like i don't i think there was like maybe like six seven seconds left maybe like when i when i missed the free throws you guys literally got a rebound i know i remember and miguel outlet and then threw it to miguel and he was pretty much underneath the hoop somehow easy layup and then it was it was crazy yeah that That was was, nuts man yo i could sleep that night man i could sleep for two or three nights man that was going that was what was going through my head i'm the luckiest a lot of people and and it's funny it's crazy that you we brought that up because i remember playing in the amac tournament showed out mm-hmm. um the mclaughlin's a great yeah. tournament, great cause um love would love to get a, a bc team down here for that oh but, for uh, sure yeah but um i remember i remember we played we we're playing a umb team with uh javon uh masters yeah they were we were playing them in the semis and i remember I remember being at the free throw line again, and I just remember, like in my head, I, I, was, I was like, "Yo, not, not again, yo, not again." And I, I like that that time I made the free throws, but in my head I was like, "Man, how?" Like I was like, "I can't do this again." Dude, that's crazy, man. I can't do it again. That was the year. I think we went on to win the AMAC tournament that year. Shout out, AMAC. Wow, AMAC. 
Hey, Mac, but uh, so uh, yeah, what are you what are you up to currently? Um, what's where's basketball and you stand uh, in this present moment? I mean, obviously, uh, say before coronavirus, the quarantine and stuff. Uh, yeah, just uh, right now I have uh, I have my own basketball academy. I've been running for six months now. Uh, it's called School of Handles. So I uh, basketball training, training the youth. Also have a School of Handles basketball team. We actually ended up winning a championship for the youth. Uh, the youth um, house league. Uh, we ended up going eight and zero. So yeah, man. So after that, I was hey. like, man, and I, I didn't want, I didn't want to, I didn't want to coach. I'm not a really a coach guy type of guy. But my partner is like, listen, man, you should get into coaching, man. It'd be good, man. I just try it out and see. So end up doing well, and I fell in love with it, man. First game, and uh, yeah. So this year we're supposed to have three teams, but all this coronavirus kind of set things of back. But it's getting bigger now, and I'm just running some stuff on Zoom. With the uh, with my students, so that's really helping out, and uh, I'm still going to China and stuff like that. Um, doing a lot of streetball events and tournaments and basketball camps there. Going to Japan mm-hmm. every year, uh, and now I just signed with the CBL uh, Freedom Valley Bandits, man. So on the CBL league and summer league. So um, hopefully it starts this year, the summer. So it's great. Still playing, still coaching, still doing it, man. With with all that going on, what made you sign sign uh, with with uh, the BC team, the pro team? Uh, I want to win a championship, man. I've been in the finals three years, right, uh, in my pro career, and um, never won a championship, man. Uh, so I just want to win a championship, man. You know, I'm, I, I still, and I, and I still, I'm, I'm still competitive. Still competitive, sure. man. Yeah, yeah, still. So, you know, so I'm just trying to go as far as I can. And I'm now vegan too, as well, man. So stop eating meat, stop all that stuff, man. And it's what been made, helping me out that? a lot. I watched, I watched that Netflix show, man. Um, what show is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Changing, I, changing game, changing the game, or something like that. Yeah. Game, game changers. Game changers, yeah. So I watched that, and um, um, yeah, so that that uh, changed my changed changed how uh, how I should um, you know, eat eat and diet. Diet is very right. very important, and especially sports and life, right? So mm-hmm. I, I actually we really really. Wow, it really started. There was a limp, Olympic athlete. She was riding a bike. I can't remember what kind of sport it is, right? But yeah. um, she was like 39, 40 and winning gold medals, man, at that age, mm. so, and being mm. a vegan, right? So I was like, let me try it out, and I'll, and I'll never go back again. Like, now I smell meat, bacon. I want to throw up. You know, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you wish that was part of your routine when oh, you when you? For sure. Wish I was part of my routine for sure, man, for sure. So you you would tell young athletes, yo, like take your take your nutrition diet seriously. Very you're serious. Up, you're cut up, like it still it still makes a huge difference, eh? A huge difference, man. Could cut that stuff out because all it's information, right? And that stuff is like you know eat a lot of meat. Think about how much meat we eat a day, like a day, right? Even for the week, how much meat you eat. So all that stuff it slowly breaks down, right? And it put in like overworking your body too much, right? So um, diet is very, very important, man. Like, is, what do you put in your body for sure? Is, is fit, did you always work out? Like, I've seen some, some uh, never. Never I've hit the weights, man. Barely, of, man. Uh, I've seen a little <laughs> bit of sports, sports uh, like therapy or like working on like a little bit of movement. Yes, like that's that was in the past like three years, three four years, man. I wasn't. I never done nothing in university, it's, man. Is All that gonna basketball? Is that gonna stick with you in the future? Like, will you? Will that be it? All for sure. Very important, man. 
you need to you need to definitely do that stuff, especially when you get older, man. You need mm-hmm. to make the you got to get the joints, you know, strong and also, uh, you know, flexible, right? The muscles mm-hmm. flexible, not super uh, flexible. You want to have a balance, right? Yeah, it's very 100%. important, man. So yeah, we, um, we definitely if you can't, and I I don't know if I could do all that stuff he's doing on the ball though, man. That's stuff, you know, that's some next level stuff. Man. I wasn't I wasn't doing that when I was playing. When I was playing, I was just I was just uh, I was more so lifting weights and running and jumping. Just, just working on, on uh, sports-specific movements. Okay, um, okay. Now now it's more so kind of in terms of what you say in terms of like you're still competitive, right, uh, with basketball. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get to play pro ball. So for me, fitness has kind of taken over in terms of what I'm competitive with. Oh, okay. That's just me challenging kind of what you say, looking for challenges. Yeah. A lot of the stuff you see me do is me just kind of – challenging myself to kind of try new things that I've, I haven't done or haven't seen people do because mm. that, you know it's it's just another way for me to kind of get those feelings of of you know self-accomplishment um and being able to yo like like i believe in myself i'm like i'm, I'm able to do this stuff still right so, yeah 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 um that's that's kind of where that ties in i'm gonna i'm definitely shouting you out for uh giving me some love on the, on the podcast because i can't even lie like i've tried to explain to people before like i'm, I'm still mad that i never got a uh, defensive player of the year for the aus I, I was i can't i can't lie i was blue mad that they were giving it to nakuma because he had the rebounds and, and some blocks but he wasn't really guarding Phil he, he don't play play a lick of d man that's what he i don't play I, no I, like, like that. don't get me wrong talented talented he's talented very, very, but he never played athletic. that type like you you played full court defense all the time man like I, you, <laughs> on simon on, on jimmy dorsey all these so i just thank you i appreciate that oh for and, sure and it's, man it's not scripted yo yeah it's I not mean, scripted this is real stuff here man <laughs> Uh, Joey, we uh, we always like to squeeze in a question at the end uh, because this is the TOTFC podcast. We like to ask our guests, what does top of the food chain mean to you and how does it apply uh, in your world? Man, well, what are you doing right now? You got to be top of the food chain, right? You got to you want to be the best. That's what I see. You're top of the food chain. Everybody's trying to chase. I want to be what you what you're doing. They want to be like be be where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of separate yourself, like you're doing with the basketball, with the with the with the medicine balls. Separate mm-hmm. yourself, build your brand, and then man, like nobody's doing that. Let me try to do what he's doing. So that's when you're on top of the food chain. That's what that's what I think what top of the food chain is. I love it because yeah. yeah. I took from I, I read that in an article. You said um, playing one on one with friends or against the best players you're trying to be at the top yeah you're always like that's that's i feel like that's been one of your mentalities your mindset for a long time yeah man just try to be the best man also also to try to be the like you said be the best version of yourself every Mm -hmm. day right you want to try to be the best version of yourself every day and it's sometimes you know People might think you're trying to compete against them, but really, it's not really that. You're trying to be the best, the best person or the best. You know, you don't want to be the same, the same person as yesterday. No, you want to be better than that, right? So that's where your mentality has to be all the time. That's my mentality every time, every time, man. Definitely, you can see that just by the progression in your career, mm-hmm. like the accolades, the success. Um, you know, 
almost almost dropping me the first run at SMU. Uh, <laughs> and T-Bear laughing at me saying, yo, he almost got you. you really? <laughs> um, T-Bear is funny, man. Uh, but uh, like talking about what you just said, I think you you really represent this brand in terms of what it means based on what you said, but also what you said to end kind of near the end of this podcast. You said you're starting to get into the school of King Handles, yeah. giving, giving back to young young players um, and, and showing them kind of the ropes on how to get better. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what being at the top to me is also about is being able to yeah. help people understand like, yo, like this, this is this is how you put in work. This is how you're going to be successful in what you do. Yeah. And, and I really, I really applaud you for actually doing that. Cause some people might be like, yo, I'm not going to give anybody, give any my secrets, my moves, you know, my, yeah. because I want to be able to separate yeah. myself from everybody. And I thought like that, I thought like that at a, at uh 23, 24. Right. But some of my boy, Aaron Greystone is a trainer. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, listen, man, one day, you gotta, you gotta show these these kids your stuff. Like, man, come on, man, I ain't showing these kids nothing, right? But yeah. you know, what I mean, when they, when you get older, and you know, and you kind of realize how life really is, right? Like your parents, your parents, you know, they they tell you secrets, right? They want you to do the best, so they pass down information for you to do better, right? Even your friends or people around you that want to see you be successful, they give you information and things that oh, help true. you out. So. Um, when you're young, you're kind of like a little, you know, a little cocky, you know what I mean? You don't really that humble, right? Of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, right? It's more of an ego thing. But when you get older, when you hit like 28, 29, 30, you kind of realize what life's all about, man. You know, you need people there to help you out and give you information. You got to pass it down, man. Because you're, you're not going to be on the rock for a long time, man. That's right. That's so true, man. That's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Joey, just, uh, just to, to end here, uh, we, we also like to give uh, our audience like a tip tip of the week kind of thing yeah and, uh, so so straight from from king handles himself what's the best way for a young player to develop or go about finding their own signature move uh just man just keep working man you got to keep working and you, you got to love you got to have love for the game have passion right that's the first thing once you have passion and love for the game right things will come to you right and also dream it's it's okay to dream just dream man and once you dream it you believe in it and you're true to yourself you, you already done it you already done it already it's already the work is already done you just gotta now work at it you know what i mean yeah absolutely you just gotta work at it that's it it's already there it's already planted in your head the mind the mind is a powerful thing very powerful man People don't understand that, man. The mind is so powerful. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you get even get in tap of your spiritual mindset, it's a it's a wrap. Like what you're doing, man, is also physical, right? But also yeah. spiritual you're, and mental. You're not so you gonna... now you tapped into another frequency. Like I tell I can't do that, but I can if I keep trying, I'll probably can get there, but you're in a different frequency than me doing right. that stuff you know what i'm saying so not yeah, everybody yeah. can get to that frequency and, okay. and the same thing for me looking at you and the, the handles and the basketball skills like it's 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 kind of the same thing but exactly what you're saying it's that it's that mentality is like once you step up step off the plane yeah you you're tapping into it right when you're in, when you're landing and for me it's like when i when i say it right now at quarantine when i get in the room and i have something in my head i'm just i'm there's there's i don't care what people think yeah. say yeah i'm gonna go through this 
Exactly. Gonna, there's no way I'm failing with this. Like I'm gonna go do it and make sure that I do it. Yeah. And then, then whatever comes from it comes from it. Whether people say like, you know, whatever they say, because um, I'm sure you've heard things over the course of your career. On oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Travel, man. like that's not real basketball. Yeah, man. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Even before St. Mary's, I went there. They said I couldn't play. I couldn't even hang at AUS because I'm a streetball guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all that stuff. I hear it all. All the stuff, man. Yeah, that's, you know that's what I mean? Crazy. But before I leave, man, but all I got to say, like the kids, like dream, but also like to you guys, like it's crazy how, you know, I went to Halifax when we, hard, we played against each other. And I remember you too, man. I remember you being in the crowd and stuff when you're a young age. I I, th- I remember your face, but mm. this was meant to happen. This communicate, this, how we're talking, doing this podcast is, a re- is already set in the universe already, but you just end up going that direction you already picked it but it's already set you know what i mean mm. so it's yeah. crazy how life works man how I life is it. you know what i mean i yeah. love that so yeah. i just want i just want to thank you again for sharing your knowledge your experience i mean we could spend hours on here getting oh, into for sure. it uh but just from the bottom of my heart thank you for giving us the time uh to kind oh, yeah, of for sure man pleasure man yeah thank no, you guys for the time man no thank you um canada's you know streetball legend himself Former former AUS uh, and U Sports score villain. Villain. villain, the villain, the villain, <laughs> the villain, the nice villain. Yeah. And and I'm gonna end it by saying another reason why you embody TOTFC um, to me and and I talk about this all the time is that to be at the top of the food chain is is to also be a genuine a, a good a good human. You know what I mean? Being able to turn yeah. off kind of that ego that. That, yeah, that killer mentality and and be able to mm-hmm. look at somebody in the eyes and have that good energy, that spiritual, mm-hmm. that connection that you just know, like, yo, this this guy's a good dude. Like he means well, no matter what. And yeah. Then, thank you, man. People, Appreciate that. People like that are important in life, because like you said, like we need we need those people. Yeah, you do. You do. You do, man. You do. It, so it goes, like. You're right, man. Like like see, for instance, like you, too, you're a great guy, too. I didn't even know you're a great guy. I didn't know that. Like, I thought you just like, you know, just hard on the court and that's it. But you end up being an amazing dude. So it's just now, like, like I said, now, like, we just made this happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that energy, that energy that, you know what I mean? So we're on the same frequency, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's great, man. This is awesome, man. It's great. Later, man. Uh, Joey, yeah. thank you again. Everyone, that's episode 16. Signing off. Good, good yes. luck with thank your, you. uh, good luck with the upcoming season. I'm going to be oh, for you. Oh, thank you, man. Hey, man, anytime you need anything, hit me up anytime, guys. Definitely. Respect. Okay. One love, guys. Love. All right. Peace.